Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Travels hostess. Tonight, I'm actually joined by husband Jeff. Hi. It's been a minute. Long time. So tonight, we're going to talk about UFOs. Exciting. Well. They are real. They are. The United States government has acknowledged this. And I think it kind of pisses me off because to a large extent, they've kind of ruined people's lives trying to cover up. UFOs. They do that all the time. They ruin people's lives all the time. Yes, as do other governments trying to cover shit up. America's not alone in this concept. No, not at all. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to open up our paranormal passports and step into the time machine and head back to the year 1977. That was the year of our Lord. No. That's the year I was born. I graced this earth with my presence. I think grace is an overstatement, but whatever. I think it's a perfect statement. <laughs> and we're actually going to head to Pembrokeshire, Wales, which is part of the United Kingdom. So it turns out that 1977 was actually a very incredible year of UFO sightings in, like I said, Wales, but most of the United Kingdom. And it's kind of crazy that the types of witnesses is so diverse and so varied. And it really kind of seemed like in most of the incidences, the aliens were trying to make some sort of contact or something because they made the aliens, the creatures, these figures actually made themselves very visible to many of the witnesses. But the most prominent episodes kick off on February 4th, 1977. So the first reported sighting actually happens in, in Basford, Stamfordshire, England. They got a lot of compound words. And believe it or not, it's actually a cop who's patrolling, you know, just doing his British cop thing. And he's a patrolman. And it's 2.25 a.m. And he sees what he will describe as a bright orange object, like in the distance from his patrol car. And he goes to call in. And all he gets is static. So they're jamming him. They're jamming his radio. The goddamn aliens? Yes. Yes. And as it was, there's actually simultaneous radio interference from the Stafford Police Department. So he can't reach them. They can't reach him. 
And it, the spaceship, the object, basically hangs out for several minutes before taking off. And this is like just practice for what happens in Pembrokeshire, Wales. And a lot of people don't know this, but Wales is a, a, on the same island as England, Scotland, and, and Wales. So, the United Kingdom. So, later that day, and it was a Friday. This all kind of breaks out on Friday, February 4th. It's a Friday at the Broadhaven School. And as the kids are at recess, they notice this thing in the trees. And we're talking at least 14 students who range in age between 7 to 11. And according to these kids, the UFO settles basically right next to the school in some trees and some of the kids end up claiming that they actually saw alien beings come out of the ship. And of these kids, some of them will actually claim that the aliens had sent and they received telepathic messages. Now, when recess is over, they run back to their teachers. And, of course, they tell their teachers. And just like the aerial school, the teachers didn't believe them. So what the principal does, and I, I'm assuming he's, we call it principal, I think they call it head teacher in England. Headmaster. Headmaster. Maybe. Maybe. Sounds good. He, the kids are telling them this, and so he decides he's going to separate them, and he has them make drawings of what they saw, and like paint the picture for me, kind of, or draw the picture for me. And essentially... They all basically describe a silver cigar-shaped object. And the thing is, is that in looking at their pictures, the similarities are very, very obvious. So, as I mentioned before, some of them claim to see alien figures. A total of six, actually, will claim to see alien figures. And they will claim that these alien figures are at least seven feet tall. And they are wearing silver suits, like like you would see in the movies. The space alien comes out. Track suits. Silver track suits. Or like flame retardant type. Oh yeah, like a like a like the space suits. Right. Yeah. Right. Space alien suits. Right. Now yeah. two hours later, at approximately three thirty, the unidentified object is still there. And witnesses will say that it, you know, rose from the ground and hovered overhead for a little bit. And these witnesses include actually a teacher who did not want to be recognized. And she herself will say, yes, I saw what they saw, the children, I saw what the children saw. But she would also add to the fact that she heard a very distinct humming sound as the unidentified flying object rose above the trees. Now, other parents of other children will report seeing UFOs as well. And even though a lot of 
attention is given, when it boils down to it, the head teacher of the school, the principal, a, a gentleman by the name of Ralph Lewin, he will, uh, he will back the children. He says that it was his belief that these children are of such a young age that they're basically incapable, and I'm quoting now, of sustaining a sophisticated hoax. And, I mean, he wanted no further contact. He didn't want to elaborate. He didn't want to make this a big circus. But he basically backs the children. He, he believes that the children, and he was first contact, you understand, when the children were upset and saying, we saw this, we saw this. So he had the opportunity to see the authentic look on the children's faces. Uh, to me, their expression, their body language, their mannerisms would tell me a lot as to whether or not they truly believe what they saw and their reaction to it. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that Broadhaven is actually not the only school that gets visited by aliens. On the exact same day, in Hubbardston near Milford Haven, the students, as well as the teacher, they will say that they saw a craft hovering in the sky, just like the uh, previous school, Broadhaven, and it's over their school. And just like the kids described at Broadhaven, the kids will describe this unidentified flying object a cigar-shaped, and just like the teacher at Broadhaven, adults will confirm, because they're out there too, the children. So it was a cigar shape, not like a flying saucer? That's what they said, but... I don't understand. I, I, you know, I wasn't there, but... Right. That's a... So, I mean... You're making kind of an interesting point because we're going to get to other witnesses. Because part of this day basically just kicks off. Witness after witness after witness. And the variety of witnesses for the year of 1977 is, is, is striking. I wonder if, like they say, they saw a cigar shape. If maybe they just saw side profile. Of right. whatever they saw. They never saw the... Like the top or the bottom. Right. They were. It was far enough away that all they saw... Like a side profile. The profile. Right. right. I wonder. Now, this happens on February 4th, like I said. The following week on February 7th, during lunch break, which is about 1230, at a school in Newcastle under Lyme, more students will report seeing... And I'm using air quotes. A gray, flattened, cigar-shaped object moving overhead. And so this is school, school, school. And But this particular instance, they reported seeing like a vapor, like a, like a like fog or mist. And they would report that the object would actually change colors from such colors as orange to green and it hung around just like the previous visits for about 10 minutes before shooting off into the distance 
Now, 10 days after this, back in Pembrokeshire, Wells, the same school, Broadhaven, this time it's a teacher and two canteen workers. I don't know what that is. My assumption is that maybe a kitchen staff. Like a lunch, lunch lady, maybe. Right. That will witness this flying object. And just like the teacher before, they will report, not only is it cigar shape, silvery yellow, will it's like emitting loud humming sounds as it's flying. And they acknowledge seeing a human-like figure step out of the flying object and then going back inside. So now you have definite... He was taking samples of earthlings. I don't know. It just seems like they're... I kind of have two theories. And the other one we'll get into after. But it just seems like they're trying to approach the most innocent type of humans they have observed. But... You think they observed them? I think they're all always watching us. Think so? Then they kind of kick up a notch and they, they kind of actually start fucking around. So in another area at, located at Ripperton's Farm, which is owned by a Billy and Pauline Coombs, have had weird shit happen to them for years. But in April of 1977, basically two months after these school sightings, while at home, it's like 10 o'clock at night. They're watching whatever is on the British TV. Chips. On the TV, on the telly. On the telly. On the telly. When in their living room window, out of nowhere, appears a very tall figure in a spacesuit in their window. And they claim that his face was like blank. And they just absolutely freak because now the aliens are peering into their living room window. Now they call the cops oh, and hell the cops. No. Right. Close the fucking curtains, lady. <laughs> I mean, here you are trying to play just Jeopardy. Watching chips or watching Jeopardy or I don't know. Was that and a all thing? of a sudden, you got someone peeping tomming. Not someone, something. In your living room. Peeping tomming. Yes. Yeah, no thank you. So they call the police, and the police will even acknowledge how petrified this family is. Like, they wouldn't even come out of their house to to, to report to the cops what they had seen. The British, uh, what do they call them? Coppers? Bobbies? The Bobbies. Then from there on out, they start seeing strange bright lights, crafts floating around. On the same night? No, from... Oh, from that point forward. Right. I mean, they had weird things happen. But it's like, like I said earlier, the aliens, like, kick this shit up. They're like, what? They, they stepped up their game. Yes. So, so, in addition to the strange bright lights, you know, the crafts were in the sky, for some reason, their electricity bill went skyrocketing. Their TV set would regularly burn out. And you remember, this was, you know... This was before flat screens where I think they still had light bulbs in them. Called analog TVs. They're not light bulbs, but kind of, sort of, but not really. And even their batteries in the cars. And in one instance, they were actually chased by this spherical bright light thing. 
And there's some funky shit going on. No, no, they, at the, that the, farm. The aliens. Then the aliens are like, "This is watch what we can do." I laughed. It gets better. Oh yeah. Wow. So one night, Billy, good old Billy. Billy's a husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. He goes out. It's ten o'clock at night. I don't know why he's doing this so late, but he goes out. He goes and feeds the herd. He comes in to make himself a, a, a cup of tea, and as he's walking in. The phone rings. It's his neighbor. And Billy's like, hello? He's like, hello? And he's like, what's up? It's like 10 o'clock at night. And the neighbor's like, why the fuck are your cows in my pasture? The aliens had somehow managed, from the moment he left his cattle, transported his herd like a mile away at a neighbor's neighbor's yard. The whole herd? Yes. How many cows are we talking here? Like 1,000 or like I think 150. A hundred and fifty cows. Yes. In the time it took him to walk from wherever he fed them to his front door, hundred and fifty cows moved a mile at least a mile away. Correct. And they did it again. Those were some fast cows. Or yes. And they did it again with his son Clinton on April fifteenth, just before six AM. Clinton was tending to sixteen heifers and they were locked in their pen. Because they were getting ready to feed them, or feed the rest of the herd. And Billy was preparing the milking units for the milking. And when he got back to the pens where the heifers were, secured, they were gone. Fucking aliens got jokes. Correct. And they were later discovered in a field about a half a mile away, Mm. with no explanation of how they got there. Hmm. And they're like, are you fucking kidding me? That's not my best British accent, but, you know, fucking Chucky. Anyways, at the same time, Mrs. Combs, Pauline, can actually see an alien just hanging about. Literally. Just just hanging there, just. In the sky. Hi, how you doing? Correct. Before taking off and before they obviously found your fucking kettle. So the aliens are like, what's up? They got jokes. Yeah. We're going to show you how we play. We just do. We just wiggle our finger or wiggle our nose and they move wherever we tell them to go. So here we have already a cop, students, teachers, farmers in the kind of backing up a little bit in terms of date on April 4th in Milford Haven, again, back still in Pembrokeshire, Wales, around 5 a.m., the local politician, a serial John, he's up, he's getting about, he's actually getting ready to go to London. And as he's getting ready to leave the house, he sees a strange bright light through his bedroom window. And he's like, just astonished. And he claims that about 200 feet from where he is, he actually sees not a cigar shape, but an egg shaped object hovering several feet above the air in a field. Did you say what color it was? A silver. Silver egg shaped. And he claims that he sees next to this egg, floating egg, a humanoid figure at least eight feet tall. And the humanoid figure that is eight feet tall is floating in the air. And next to the ship. Next to the ship. Next to what we assume is the ship. Right. But coming towards John's house. So he's he's moving. He's floating. The ship is 
stationary. stationary. And this thing, person, alien. Humanoid. Humanoid. Eight foot. Eight foot. How, how does he guess that it's eight feet tall? I don't. 200 feet is not that far if you're standing, if you're even if you're on the second floor. He said, wait, 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 wait. The egg was 200, 200 feet. feet away. And he said he saw an eight foot object. Floating towards him. Move, uh, or humanoid figure right. coming at him. Right. And the humanoid figure is actually wearing what he would describe a, a boiler suit, which is basically a strange silver gray. Marty McFly from. from no, Marty was wearing yellow. But the same type of suit. Right. Like a flame retarded suit. Yeah. Or that, I think that was supposed to be a nuclear thing, but I don't know. The same stuff. Right. And this, this scenario plays out for 25 minutes, according to John. Before he's just moving towards him for twenty five minutes. Well, he's. I guess maybe he's just moving around. I I don't know. Oh, okay. But so the humanoid figure moving around for twenty five minutes, right? And the wow. and the egg is moving around like they're looking for something. I don't know. Oh. Which we'll get again. We'll get to my maybe, theory. Maybe in a minute. they lost something. Now, about the same time in Haven Fort Hotel in nearby Little Haven, a woman who owned the Haven Fort Hotel. Her name was Rosa Granville. She wakes up in the middle of the morning. She looks out her window and she actually sees what she describes as an upside down saucer and two faceless humanoid creatures with pointy heads. Cone heads. Cone heads. Yes. Nice. And she would say that this, this... Object, this floating object was giving off so much heat, her face felt burnt. Like she could feel the heat coming. So it was that close. It was that close to that her. That close to her. Right. And like others, there was a lot of different colors, flames coming out of it. And and again, with the humanoids, she too sees the silver suits. Later on, she would actually go to the field the portion of the field where she believed the, the saucer was. And she actually would find that there was signs of the ground being compressed, like something heavy was resting on it, as well as two inches of burnt ground. So, like, the heat seared into the ground as well as the weight compressed into the ground. And, again, she complained about the heat to the point where she felt her own face being hot now this woman apparently was like oh hell fucking no this is not happening in my backyard all the bobbies so she actually she actually calls she doesn't call she writes to her mp i'm actually not sure what an mp is because i know pm is prime minister but i don't know what an mp is well in america mp is like military police but i don't know what it is over there and that's entirely possible she reaches out to her local MP who calls the Ministry of Defense for an investigation. And that's when they send out a man by the name of Flight Lieutenant Cohan, who is an officer with the local RAF, the Royal Air Force, uh, and from the Broadi site, which is a local, to them, local military base. Now he goes out and he does I huckleberry shit basically as far as I'm concerned. Huckleberry. 
shit. And he comes back and he says, it's just a local prankster. And on top of that, guys, this uh, silver spaceman suit, well, it's a local American who is a member of the U.S. military camp because Britain and England are, are Britain and England, Britain and America are allies, so they do cross trainings. And so he's like, the person you're seeing is a United States military person wearing a fireproof uniform, and that's it. And these UFOs y'all are seeing are just jets. So Burning, Americans, flaming, colorful jets. Right. Shaped like cigars and, and upside-down saucers and, and eggs. And it's the fucking Americans. And it's the Americans. Fucking with you. All right. So Fuck that you. is his conclusion. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Now, there is some facts, though. Like I said before, the United States and Britain were cross-training, so there were Americans and American military. I don't doubt that. We still do. Right. But I don't think this was anything to do with either military personnel. If I had to speculate, and this is my second theory, if I had to speculate, I think... There is a possibility that they had caught or somehow got a hold of a UFO and the increase of sightings was because they knew that the spaceship was somewhere in the area and they were looking for it. Who knew the spaceship? Was the there? aliens. So you think that... So, so the military... The military. The United ours States. or theirs. Both. Because it's British... We're talking, this is British camps. Right, 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 right. I get it. So I, between so the two, you think they caught a ship. Brought it to England or or it was already in England. And the aliens wanted it back. They wanted their hijacked ship back. Correct. And maybe their partners. Maybe they're looking for their partners. Right, their buddies. Yeah. Because as I said before, 1977 truly is a huge Huge increase of UFO activity, and it really does kick off in early February. And, I mean, from places such as Bridge Inn to Blackwood to Penarth to Pembroke, this area eventually becomes known, it's actually got a couple names, known as the Broadhaven Triangle or the Welsh Triangle, obviously in recognition of, of it being in Wales. So something went down. Something, for some reason, increased the alien visitation. But to me, my both of my, well, to me, the theory that they're looking for a spaceship doesn't really coincide with them trying to make contact with the most innocent type of human humans. Well, well maybe, maybe before humans, maybe this was their home and they're just trying to come back home and now we're all here maybe they went on an extended vacation you know maybe they travel at light speed and they went somewhere and it took them a million years to get back and they're like holy crap these people took over our planet and that is a viable maybe they're coming home a viable theory i mean i don't know but maybe right you don't know i don't know right correct so that is it that is the (laughs) I don't, th- this 
weird madness. You have politicians, you have you have cops, you have teachers, you have students, you have farmers who aliens are like, watch this bitch, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take your cows and move right. them over there. <laughs> Why the fuck are your cattle in my yard? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I just fed them in mine. <laughs> They're not there anymore. Correct. So that's it. That is what we have for you tonight. The Broadhaven or Welsh Triangle. Triangle. All right. On to business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. If you're curious and or interested and would like to join Send us a request. But if you have a topic or a serial killer that you'd like us to cover, send us an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. And I do actually check the email several times a day. So send us one if you got a, an idea. Final thoughts, husband Jeff. Send us some emails. I want some new ideas. Okay. All right. So until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs> <laughs>